0: Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. You're
1: listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah youths. Now, your hosts, Cameron,
2: Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast on this episode. The Utes take down the Huskies, and they go into the bye week just in time to get healed for the rest of the season. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation. And Scott.
0: Yeah, buddy, we got that monkey off our back.
2: It's about time. How about them Utes? Utah comes away 33-28 over Washington, but holy crap, it was an intense game from the beginning. Washington came out, punched Utah right in the face. Went up fourteen to three, and then things started clicking for Utah.
1: I th- I mean, in the beginning, I thought, "Oh my gosh, another big game and another no show." I
0: the "USC all over again." I wouldn't say it got really pretty until late in the game for Utah. It was, it was they mucked it up for for a good portion of that game. But wow, was that was that something to watch?
1: I think it really proved what uh, this team is all about and what these seniors came back to play for.
2: I think that's a great point because if you look at it, Washington came out with all the emotion. They came out, first drive or possession of the game, marched down with 70 yards on 11 plays. They took it to Utah starting out. Utah's offensive line with some injuries. They were moving guys around. It, It just didn't work. It wasn't working for them. And Washington State, it looked like they were going to run away with it. It honestly did. And, and the first two couple minutes of the game, it, it looked like Washington was going to run away with it. And Utah, just they didn't back down.
0: Well, and I think that was the most exciting part. It was, it was almost a replay of USC. I mean, a huge game on the road, and you come out flat. I don't know why they're doing that. Yeah, there there wasn't the emotion. I mean, you're going three and out. You're... Your defense, which has been absolutely lights out the last month of the season, just looked pretty pedestrian early on in that game. Now, granted, they were they were trying to fill out what Washington was doing, and and granted, Washington had that two weeks to prepare, so they knew there's going to be some new wrinkles. Exactly, in there. and I think
2: Scally does that by design a lot of times, right? Feels out that offense what they're going to do in the game and then kind of make adjustments off of that, uh, but to what you're saying, Sky,
0: yeah, they, Utah was kind of flat. Well, flat. I mean, you, turnovers just really on the defensive side, there was just some almost break. There was breakdowns that we haven't really seen. Guys were late to get in position. Lots of pointing where they should mm-hmm. go, a little chaos right at the snap. And that bit us a couple of times. It bit us on the, the, the last touchdown of the game for Washington on that 80-yard drive that lasted 470 minutes, and they <laughs> converted 45 fourth downs. <laughs> and there was, there, was, there was a number of times where guys, it was just almost, I don't know if the calls were coming in late or the guys were not quite sure exactly where they were supposed to line up. But but that 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 caused some chaos early on in that game. But I'll tell you what, as bad as we looked at moments, and as frustrating as that was to watch, man, that felt good to finally beat UW in Washington, up in Seattle. I'll tell you what, Whittingham was he not giddy as a little schoolgirl <laughs> in that locker room? You know, it's interesting because Whittingham really is a, a,
2: a, an even keel guy during games yeah he he'll get after referees and, and players and whatnot but really like all the week during practices after the game I even mean, on mondays on on his pressers he's very monotone almost doesn't get too high doesn't get too low but in that post in that post game locker room video you could tell how much this game meant to him in the program
0: well it was it was a weight taken off of his shoulders he knows he can't hasn't had much success against chris peterson against washington and with so much riding on the line it would have been it would have been a travesty to have lost that game to a to a washington team that wasn't going anywhere and that just and ruins your dreams along the way so i totally understand where was coming from and I mean, from an outside perspective, you you look at the national media, you look at people outside the Utah program, and they think, "Oh, well, great, Utah won." Well, they're supposed to win, a number nine team in the country is supposed to beat a a a, a, f- a five and three football team. But the, all, people that have not followed this team closely since we've joined the Pac twelve don't understand the struggles that Utah's gone against, Washington. And the the fluky things that have happened, the close losses, and just not being able to get over the hump against that team, that, that was monumental. I mean, I don't want to get too crazy, but I think that game frees up this team substantially. They just did something that they haven't been able to do that's got to give them a lot of confidence moving forward here.
2: On a side note to that, not only is this something they've never done, I'm sure everyone knows this, but Peterson's never lost a
0: game after a bye week. 18 and 0. Now it's 18 and 1. 18 and 1 now. Yeah, huge. I mean, it's a second win um going head to head with Washington since we've joined the Pac-Twelve. Funny enough, both of them have happened up in Seattle. Twenty fifteen was the first one, and and uh so hopefully that starts a trend that Utah can kind of uh, Make some progress and and start winning uh, these uh, these head to head games moving forward. But absolutely enormous victory. Before we kind of take a, a deep dive into this offense
2: uh, from this this week's games, uh, we'll let you know a little promo going on right now with Vivid Seats. Now, Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for the events that you want to go to. You can sort by price or look up seats in the section of rows by your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. Go to the App Store and download the Vivid Seats app, and you're automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats reward loyalty program. I know Utah games, they're sold out, their tickets are hard to get, but don't worry, because every purchase you make with the Vivid Seats app, it's 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program today. And of a special offer just for our listeners, when you go in and download the app, and the first time you're buying tickets. If you use promo code OVERTIME at checkout, you'll receive a discount up to $100. So remember, that's promo code OVERTIME. All right, Utah's offense, as we said, really struggled in that first quarter. You know, bam, 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 tuna can. He got his first start.
0: Oh, he looked like a tuna can. A Holy can.
2: That's a lot to ask a, a guy to come in the first minutes of Division one against the Huskies. That's a lot to ask for, especially on the offensive line. when you you know you need to be one unit. That, that, that's and hard. Boy to was ask. Twitter
1: letting <laughs> Whittingham have it for experimenting with that on game day in that game.:
2: Once they come, so, okay, the,
0: oh go ahead, but let, let's talk about it. Wasn't it an experiment, or do you buy Whittingham's explanation? For those of the, you that don't, maybe aren't aware, Winningham said that Simi Moala did not start because he was injured, didn't practice throughout, throughout much of the week. Um, He sure looked healthy when he came in, and actually the <laughs> offense started moving the ball, though.
1: It was a little interesting that, I mean, I, I don't know, that, that a whole story about to being injured, and then all of a sudden, as soon as Bam supposedly gets injured and can't play anymore. Moala's healed and plays a heck of a game. It's that,
0: that dank pickle juice again, guys. <laughs>
1: well, whatever it was, it worked because, man, that O-line was like Swiss cheese in the first
0: part of the game. Oh, well, it was. Well, Huntley had got stuck, what, three times three in that times. first quarter?
2: And he was hit every single time he went back?
0: It was, I mean, and he was in duress the entire game. And and, and not only in the passing game, but the the. The run blocking was horrific. They couldn't Mm -hmm. open a hole. It was just that first quarter was absolutely a disgrace offensively. (laughs) It's amazing how, how,
1: uh, you can see how good of a running back Zach Moss is
0: when he's getting hit in the backfield and still gets positive yards. Well, he's, I mean, and, and that's why he's talked about the way that he is. He gets so much pub. Is because he's he is an elite running back. He changes the game for this offense with his ability to, when there's nothing there, still get positive yardage, and from a three yard gain, turn it into a five, six yard gain, just because he does not go down, unlike Vickers. But, <laughs> um, so impressive. But yeah, when when that change made, obviously they 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 slid uh, once they pulled uh, Bam Bam out. And they slid Nick Ford out to tackle. That was not any better. No, it wasn't. It, it, that that didn't work either. And then you, you throw Simi Muala Simi back in there. And the offense just, it, it just, there was cohesion again. They started blocking, run blocking, pass blocking. And then the offense started to take off. I mean, it's hard not to say Simi kind of saved the offense.
1: Well, if it was an exper- experiment and he wasn't injured, we're lucky that we escaped with a victory. Then, because that's a bad game to try on the road in that atmosphere
0: with that much on the line to to try it. And 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 there's there's talk out there that uh, that's how they practiced all week long against that against the Utah's D line, and Bam Bam was holding his own. Was so obviously going into the game. The coaching staff had enough confidence that he would be able to come in and produce and perform at a high enough level. Lights came on. Obviously, going against a good Washington and his team, his lights went out. That was uh, that was a little scary, but at least it, at the very least, it gives Bam a little bit of um, an idea of what to expect, of what D one football is all about. This is no longer JC in the middle of the country where five people watch you this is a big boy football and so it's going to give him an idea of what it's like and what it's going to take to play at that level so next time we see him whether that's this week or down the road you know i th- i think he we're, we're only going to see improvement from him but yeah a tough deal but yikes yeah
2: and obviously the offensive line struggled during the game uh Utah two turnovers by the offense uh Jordan Wilmore Vickers both had fumbles,
0: and those were weak fumbles. They were awful. They're, yeah, I mean nobody, nobody touched Wilmore. He just, he just never got the handle on the ball. Vickers, it's, it's I mean, like, the guy like waved at him as he was running <laughs> by, and the ball like exploded out of his arms.
1: <laughs> yeah, just, just like the two times he ran into the
0: line and collapsed as soon as somebody sneezed. It, <laughs> it, it almost looked like he got tackled by the first down line on the TV. <laughs> He hit that thing and was down like a brick wall. <laughs> but obviously there was a lot of good things that happened in that game. I, I don't mean to
2: toot my own horn, but I said at the beginning of conference play that, yes, Moss was the star and the face of this team, this program. But I, I honestly thought games were going to come from Tyler Huntley in, in the win-loss column. Huntley, 19 of 24, 284 yards, a touchdown, and and ran for a touchdown. But honestly when when Utah needed to make big plays on third downs Huntley stepped up and delivered and threw some beautiful balls. He 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 was huge I and mean, he's he's uh, just been money
1: when it's when they've needed him this year. But especially in this game, I don't know how many third down conversions he had, but uh they were all huge, especially on that
0: last drive to put the game out of reach. I fell in love with Huntley during this game. There's a man crush there. <laughs> I was about to say, Ryan, do we need to step out? <laughs> Seriously, gonna... was that not the guttiest? I mean, the guy is with a banged up knee, and did he not look a hundred times better than he did against Cal? Oh yeah. He I mean, did. He still had a yeah. little a little hitch in the giddy up, but he looked he looked a lot better. Obviously not a hundred percent healthy. But he he's to the point where we now can rely and expect that he's going to he's going to get things done for us. When was the last time we Utah football had a quarterback where you could just say he's going to get it done? Alex Smith. Alex Smith. Maybe Brian Johnson his senior year. In the in especially in the Sugar
1: Bowl, but yeah, in, throughout that season he did, but I mean, I don't even think Brian Johnson to the extent we've seen Huntley perform this year.
0: No, I mean, even when you had Wilmore fumbling the ball. You had Vickers fumbling the ball. I mean, you, the 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 camera pans over to Huntley, and he just got this look on his face, like, "All right, well, I guess I'll do it myself." And the guy just would not be denied. He was absolutely money in in the second half, especially on third down. He finished eight of nine on third down, and those aren't little dump offs. He no, was, they
1: were they were down the field. He was
0: getting chunk plays down the field using his legs when he absolutely needed to for that that uh that little option run up the middle. Obviously the touchdown uh, to the corner pylon but absolutely was was such a stud in that game. And as I was watching him, and I tweeted out, "We need to build we need to build Tyler a statue." So I got went down to my basement and I started building this man a statue <laughs>
2: yeah right I think we really do need to step out of, yeah. the, out of the room for, for those of you who
1: are listening and, and really can't see what's going on this is Scott's uh, got, got, got the video playing of the actual movie the pottery scene and his eyes
0: are coming out of his head <laughs> me, me and Tyler will reenact this at some point in the future. <laughs> It was a little weird when Ryan came up behind me and put his hands on the mold, on the molded clay and we started forming the statue together. But I was okay with it because it's what Tyler deserves. So. How long is he going to go with this? It takes time to build a statue. You don't just do... Quick work. It's quality over quantity here. And the clip is about another two and a half
1: minutes.
0: Good thing Cameron's got excellent editing skills. But it was amazing. Was that not a performance of a lifetime? It was. That that was his. Now he's not going to win the Heisman. He doesn't have. He, he doesn't have the backing. To, to win the Heisman, but that was a Heisman moment. That is where he comes out, wins a tough game on the road with so much on the line for this football team, and he's banged up. Boom. I'll tell you Amazing. what, there were a number of throws that were
1: money in that second half, but the one that still amazes me is the one to Nakua uh, at the, towards the end of the game because when initially when we saw it, the side view camera, you think, oh, what a throw, what a great catch! But then when you look at it from the back angle, and where he threw that ball, and where Nakua had to go get it, that was spectacular.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, he he threw a number of balls when guys were not even coming out of their breaks. I, that
2: one to Dixon, yeah. I, I mean, he threw that. They kind of broke that down um, on on television, did a replay of it. He threw it before Dixon even made that break, and it was right on right on the spot. And you can't, you can't really teach that. That's, that just comes all from instinct, putting in the work as far as your film study, as working with your wide receivers after practice, throwing around. Lugwick can't just automatically dial that in to his head. Huntley has to do the work and, and it's showing how much he's improved over the course of the last two seasons. Cause right. Cause even last season, the first couple of games, or kind of rocky, and then when when he hit
0: his stride, he was playing at a high level, and he's kind of continued that this season. He, he's continued it and taken it to an even higher level. I mean, his deep balls right now are just dropping in the breadbasket. Mm-hmm. Guys are not having to adjust to go find the football. They are just dropping right into their hands. He is playing at an insanely high level. I mean, his completion percentage is off the charts. As of right now, if he continues on this pace, he's on pace to, to have the best quarterback quarterback season since they went to the Pac-12 over Marcus Mariota, who, oh, yeah, he won the Heisman that year. He's on pace to play better and have better numbers than Marcus Mariota. I mean, think about that for a minute. And then you got Moss behind him. You got this defense on the other side of the field. Oh, my goodness. I need some more pottery. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, we can't, as much as we're giving Huntley love, I think we also need to give a lot of credit to the ride receiving group. You know, that's a group that had a lot of issues last season with dropping balls. They've really stepped up, and they don't really have that star wide receiver. But they're just so fun to watch because you never know who's going to step up and make a play, whether it's a Dixon or a Nakua or a Thompson or a Solomon Enos. I mean, I could just keep going on and on. But the thing is I I, I love watching this wide receiving group, and and the reason why it's fun that they don't have a star, a couple weeks ago when Utah plays Oregon State and you have a a, a premier all-conference wide receiver in Hodgkins and he gets all the targets, the other guys on that Washington, Oregon State team didn't run the routes. They would do it halfway and then just stop and quit because they know they're not getting the ball. Or they're blocking. They only block half the time and then they don't finish it. You watch a Solomon Enos, and the dude blocks the whole way down the field.
0: Well, I mean, Solomon, he ends the game. You look at those numbers and you think, okay, he had two receptions for 24 yards. Those wow. two catches were huge. But they though. were both um, E- and they enormous. were amazing, yeah. I mean, one's bouncing off, off the defender's helmet, and he comes back and just snatches that out of the air, and then the other on the third down conversion, I believe it was third and eight at the time, and he just goes up, the ball was high, snags it, and just, I mean... Two huge catches for, for Enos. And then, Cam, you talk about his blocking, which is, you know, the coaches rave about his his ability not only to catch the ball but to play the entire position, which is blocking. And he does that game in and game out down the field at such a high level. I mean, this this group in general, they're performing at a level that we just really haven't had for maybe since 2004, you look at this and to your point, there's no guy out here that's receiving that's that's coming down with eight receptions, and everybody else is getting one or two across the board it's the ball is being spread out, which tells you one thing: Tyler Huntley is just not locking in on one guy and going to him over and over and over again. He's reading the defense and and Andy Ludwig's doing a masterful job, getting guys in position. Moving them around and and allowing Ty- Tyler to, to play at this at such a high level.
1: Well, and and you think back a year or two ago. That's what we were also critical about Huntley for was his locking in on one guy, and if that guy wasn't open, he'd turn and run
0: and wouldn't look for another receiver. To be fair, his his uh, his quarterback coach and uh, offensive coordinator was Troy Taylor, so.
1: If we can praise Troy Taylor for one thing, it's picking him to be the starting quarterback. Yes,
0: that he did well. He did that well. And he came up with a cool slogan for his offense, and that's where it ends. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously Huntley
2: was was the star of the game. Uh, the rushing attack, I, I guess, it, I mean, it was good. It, it was all right. Moss finishes with 27 carries, 100 yards. So he does get the 100-yard 100, the 100 mark. Uh, the team finished with 115 yards. Well below our average. But it was, even though Moss got 100 yards, it was a struggle to get that 100 yards. It
0: was well-earned. <laughs> Definitely. Mm-hmm.
2: And, I, you know, we want to give a lot of credit to Washington. They're a good team. And I don't care what the record says. They're, they're a good team. And they've had, you know, some of those almost Utah-esque games where you're like, what the crap happened, you know, losing to, to Stanford. Uh, and, then, and then the Cal game. Uh, really wacky with the weather, and Cal was playing at a very high level uh, on all cylinders. Um, but, uh, you know, Washington beat a USC team. They hung tough, almost beat an Oregon team. So, this isn't, while it's not maybe the Washington th- team that played in the playoffs, I think you still have to respect the Washington Husky team and what they did. And Zach Moss earned everything he got, what you said, uh, Scott. The thing that really impressed me with Moss in this game is not only did he fight for every yard he got on on rushing the ball, but he finished with five catches with 41 yards. That That's big for Tyler Huntley to be able to dump off, uh, to check down to his running back, Zach Moss, get him in the ball in, in different situations. Credit to Andy Ludwig for, for
0: getting the ball into his playmaker's hands. I mean, this is a young Washington team, so... Yeah. Are they, are they spectacular? No, they're not. But they, they're a young team and they're going to be right back to being a dominant force in the North probably as soon as next year because they get, they recruit so well. They've got a lot of young talent and, you know, don't, you know, we can't really slide over to the fact they did have a number of guys out for that game. And, uh, so they're, they're going to be back to, to themselves here pretty quick. But that's not to say that they're just, they're not a cow. They're still a really good team with an NFL quarterback and a lot of NFL guys that played in that game on Saturday. And, and and to me, that is the biggest, that's why this is so huge, is Utah just was able to overcome not playing. They did not, Utah did not play their best game. They gave up the first quarter. They gave up two fumbles deep in the territory of going and scoring more points. I mean, we really had. We played a clean game. We probably should have won that game by three scores, like we we had hoped and talked about. But we didn't. But we still were able to find a way to to beat a really good team on the road, which just goes to show you where this team has come. Because in years past, we don't get it done. We work. We fold on the road. In those environments we don't lose we probably get blown out by three scores in the past and to come back in such a short time frame and turn that game around was was really encouraging for for you fans and 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 it's got to give these guys just a ton of confidence going into this bye week yeah
1: clearly washington's not uh where they were a year ago but they were at home. They had a week extra week to prepare. They're coached by an excellent coach, and they were amped up to knock off the number nine team in the country.
2: And the youth stood up to it. You know, again, big props to Huntley, to Moss, and really Ludwig for for calling I I I thought a very good game. And also Jim Harding for getting that old line kind of situated when when things weren't looking Right uh, with that group, what we mentioned, and who knows what really was going on there, uh, but definitely props to Harding to get getting his position group up and going because it all really started with them. As soon as they started playing better, the Utah offense just really started to click. Uh, before we go into the defense, you know, college football it's on the home stretch, and running Utes basketball starting up. If you haven't gotten in to the action, now's the time. Check out the latest from our friends at MyBookie.ag. Of course, in addition to traditional spreads and totals, they also do quarters, halves, periods on the ice, player props, including points, yards, goals, PGA, NASCAR, soccer, and more. Now is the best time to get in the action. Sign up at mybookie.ag and use promo code OVERTIME and they will match your first deposit. Again, promo code OVERTIME and new users get their first deposit doubled. Mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Utah's defense really up and down game. Uh, what we talked about, they they allowed a touchdown every single quarter to Washington. But again, you have to give Washington props. They're a very good offensive team. Utah held them under their season average for yards for points. The pick six by Jalen Johnson was amazing. Huge. So even though. Yeah, it was maybe a little up and down with the defense, and, and that last touchdown uh, towards the end of the game. You know, I, I really wish they could get that back. But overall, I, the defense, I think, did what they needed to do.
0: Well, I mean, you look at, uh, you look at the stats uh, from this defense, and you got Terrell Burgess and Blackman who are leading the way in tackles. You know, your two safeties are are leading the way, which typically is not a great thing to have, have those guys be the leading tacklers. But, uh, I think a lot of that had to do with because
2: Utah shut down their rushing game. Absolutely. Absolutely. 53 yards for Washington on the ground. They did all their damage in the air, uh, over 300 yards for Jacob Eason. So, so to your point, yeah, Scott, you typically, what we've seen this year is they haven't been the leading tacklers. Um, But I think it showed that this team has grown since the USC game. When a a team that has a dominant quarterback like that can just throw the ball up and and get the ball out to his wide receivers, Utah responded a lot better this game than they did against USC.
0: Oh, much better. And if you think about it, three of the touchdown passes that Jacob Eason threw, he threw four. Three of them were, well, you could actually argue all four of them were wide open. The first one, Nurse Falls. The second one is a, uh, a broken play where uh, Bryant goes across the field. Nobody goes with him. absolutely wide open. Third, uh, Blackman falls down. Bryant, Bryant uh, scores another touchdown. And the, the last one was on the, the last Washington series where we transitioned late right at the snap, and you have Josh Nurse coming across the field the ball snapped and his guy cuts inside of him he he had all this momentum going the other way and it was an easy touchdown so it was just kind of fluky things defensively to give to give up some of those touchdowns that we just really don't see or we especially haven't seen since USC so but overall i mean even with some of those shady moments this defense really buckled down, and 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 when they needed it, obviously that pick six by Jalen Johnson, enormous. I mean, that that was the play that we needed to get the momentum back in our favor. Take, well, take it to the house, get points on the board. Uh, obviously that one was huge, but also the pick by Blackman in the first
1: drive of the second half, uh, we didn't turn it into points, uh, but obviously kept them out of the end zone. Uh, For a
0: series I- until they scored a series later.
2: True, but we would have been down two for sure.
0: No, it was it was
2: huge. So one thing I think Chris Peterson and company did a really good job game planning. They picked on Josh Nurse all game, and obviously with Jalen Johnson on the other side of the field, you're going to do that. But does that concern you guys? You know, with a potential matchup with uh, Justin Herbert with Oregon, with Josh Nurse on that other side.
0: No, because I, I think, you know, he did give up some plays, but he also made a number of other really good plays. And, uh, you're going to have that. You're going to have guys that are going to give up plays, especially when you've got Jalen on the other side, because they're, they're not going to go to him. And when they do, bad things happen. So, um, I think, I think Nurse has actually come cool. I mean, he, he, he's taken the job from Tariq Lewis. Mm hmm.
1: Obviously, he, trans- yeah, he transitioned. Over to defense a season ago, but this is his first season of getting substantial minutes. So he, technically, he's still learning the position, and he he's growing along the way. He, he's I think he's playing a heck of a lot better than he did early in the season.
0: Well, and, and right on that first drive, they went after him, play after play after play. So you knew you were going to continue to see that throughout the game. And I th- I think he stepped up and made a number of plays, and you know they got the better of him a couple of times. But I th- I think his play. Um, has really helped this defense, you know, because another guy that people don't really go after is Javelin Guidry. Guidry doesn't get much pub, but the ball's not completed on him very often. And so if, if uh, you know, these offensive coaches, they know what they're doing. They're watching game film, and they're seeing what Jalen's Jaylen, doing. They're seeing what Guidry's doing, so they don't have much of a choice but to either utilize the tight end against linebackers or uh, or or go against nurse so they're they're going to they're going to every team we we see moving forward they're going to try to exploit nurse as much as possible but i think he's holding his his home pretty well
2: So before we kind of wrap this game up, I want to give a lot of credit to Jaden Redding, two for two on, on field goal attempts, a uh, long of thirty-two. He's come a long way, and I know we kind of ever since fall camp we've all kind of actually since spring ball we've kind of been like, oh, kicking isn't gonna be very good with Utah. Credit to to Redding, a true freshman, really you know kind of taking over that that spot and. Obviously, it's not where I think Utah fans are accustomed to with special teams, especially in the kicking game. After having uh, Matt Gay and Andy Phillips, but it's coming along. Punting, on the other hand, it's
0: still kind of really up and down. Woof. I mean, if you look at his it average, it's really not that terrible. It's not that much. Uh, it's not that far behind what Matt. Luckily, or, though, what Mitch Wishnowski was doing. Luckily, they count grounders. In the distance. But, but literally half of his average is coming off bounces because the guy just, he doesn't seem to have a, that powerful of a leg. He doesn't really get any boomers out there. Th- and uh, some of those you're just shaking your head going, "What? where did that come from? But I don't know. I, you know, I kept, when we were needing a momentum shift, I kept thinking, "Hey, okay, special teams is going to be due. For something good to happen, because we have not had anything happen from it all all year long, and we still are just getting nothing in the punt return game. We get fair catches. That's all we get. Yeah, and now, granted, I will say, J- Jaden Redding came through big. He got two opportunities, and he nailed both of those. And I think both of those Utah needed points, and they well, yeah. were well. They were they were the you difference win- in the game. You win. By five points, that's six points right there from him. So enormous kicks, even though they weren't 45-yarders. But it was important for him to see those go through the upright, get some confidence. So I think we're seeing progress there. But, yeah, and the kickoff return, um, I still don't know what on earth we're doing in kickoffs. Half the time I put it to the back of the end zone, and he looks like an NFL guy. The other times he's kicking it to the 12-yard line. <laughs> yeah, it's those are really bizarre. I know Whittingham, right, has kind of liked it.
2: If they can place the ball at the 1- or 2-yard line and make the return team have to decide what they're going to do. But now with the fair catch rules and it's going to the 25, just I, I'm all for just kicking it out of the end zone. One thing I do want to mention, though, on, on Utah's kick returns, Yes, they've kind of been less than spectacular, but they've been clean. And I, I do want to give credit to Simpkins for coming in and filling in for Covey. There hasn't been a fumble or a muff I Don't punt. say
0: that. Don't <laughs> say that.
2: I'm not jinxing anything. Mm-hmm. So as as much as I would love to see a little bit spark come from the special teams in the return game,
0: I, I will give them credit that it's been clean. It's been clean. It's just, you're just, there's nothing there. There's no pizzazz. They got to figure some stuff out. I mean, I, I, I'm i not sure. It, it, is, this, is this just youth? Or is this a scheme from Shaw? What, what is the issue? Why are we, I mean, for years we were dominant in punt returns. <laughs> we were averaging two to three taken to the house a year. We can't even get positive yardage.
1: <laughs> I think a lot of it has to do with the nerve of the guy returning the punts. Covey was it didn't matter. He he most of the time he was gonna take a chance. And same with some of those guys, Reggie Dunn, Shaky Smithson. They they knew they had all it took is one move and they had they had some yardage, but I don't know. I think Simkins just doesn't
0: He he likes that for a catch, which, you know, If secure the ball first and foremost, which he's doing that, but at some point, it sure would be nice to have a big play in special teams, whether it's even uh, blocking a punt, which I will say, we have gotten closer to that. We haven't done it, but we had a couple of guys come pretty close in the last game, and... We don't have free shots running at our punter anymore. So they've at least cleaned up the protection of the punt. So maybe, maybe we're getting there. Maybe by, by the Rose Bowl, we'll, we'll,
2: (laughs) we'll have some success. I, I, I will say though, special teams can lead to, to some special things. If you look at that Oregon USC game, Oregon returns that kick for a touchdown. After that, a lot of things changed in that game.
0: Well, and if we end up as it looks, if we end up playing Oregon for the Pac 12 title, We better put every dang kickoff in the back of the end zone or I will strangle all of them with a microphone wire.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: Alright, so that'll do for our thoughts of the game. We'd love to hear what you have to say uh, about Utah getting that win over Washington. You can hit us up on Twitter at Utah Man Podcast. So obviously Utah's on a bye this week. I think a very much needed bye. Get a lot of guys, especially Tyler Huntley, some rest, get some uh, get a lot of treatment, get better. Winningham said that Huntley should be 100% next week for USC. That makes me giddy. And some serious pickle juice. Uh, so, following the bye, Utah plays UCLA, Arizona, Colorado. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Ute Daddy on Twitter because he tweeted out uh, a team defense ranking right now on defenses for most yards allowed right now. The bottom three teams UCLA, Arizona, Colorado. Bada boom. So and Utah, it's looking good. They still have to come and play UCLA. Off their offense has been playing a lot better the last couple weeks. You never know what you're gonna get with Khalil Tate with Arizona and Colorado they're They've they've had some good games. They've they beat Nebraska. They hung around, should have beat USC. So obviously Utah has to come up and play, but I think things things
0: are looking bright for youths. It really is gonna come down to right staying healthy and not shooting yourself in the foot. Not doing dumb turnovers. Not giving the other guys easy opportunities because UCLA, they're playing better, and they they've got a bye week themselves, so they're going to have time to really put a game plan together if Chip Kelly's, you know, decides he wants to. And uh, they've proven that they can put up points. They give up points, but they can put them up. So it's going to be a test for the defense. But I'll tell you, Rice Eccles in two weeks better be absolutely on fire. You've got a top ten team with what's on the line. You've got a fox. Televised game, prime time, six p.m. It better be Harry. Don't shave, Harry. I mean, it, I'm sorry. What is this Movember? <laughs> the place needs to be nuts. And I'm going. I'm getting on a soapbox here for a minute. I like to get on soapboxes when it comes <laughs> to this type of stuff. If you are not going to be using your ticket, or you know somebody who has tickets and they are not going to be used, using them. Still it. Do what it takes to get that ticket and get somebody to sit in those seats. Because this is ridiculous how many people are no-showing to these games. And if it's one of you that's listening, shame on you. Get your butt in the seats. Or Scott will use his microphone wire on you. I will not build a statue for you, I'll tell you that. there will be a good games next week. Utah hosts
2: UCLA at 6 p.m. in Rice Cycle Stadium. Be there. All right. As we end every podcast, we talk a little Pac-12 and and kind of do a pick'em game among us. Last week, Scott goes four and zero again. Three That's week- three weeks row. in
0: a row, baby.
2: Ryan, you went four and zero. I went three and one for the fourth week in a row. So on the season, I'm Ryan. You and I are tied twenty two and thirteen, and Scott cheated and is at twenty three and twelve as
0: usual. Climbed out of the basement, baby. Back on top.
2: Oregon comes away with the victory over USC. Thank you, Oregon. Go Ducks. That's At least for that week, that's all. Two seasons in a row, Oregon's come up big for the Ute fans. Yeah, it's tradition now. Last last year against ASU, this year with USC. Although
0: this year was a lot less stressful.
2: <laughs> Very true. Very true. It, it was a, cl- a close game. Uh, In in that first half, again, once Oregon kind of returned that kickoff, stole all the momentum in that second quarter. Really, was it was it was lights out from that. They get the victory, fifty six to twenty four. USC's a really good team at home, so for Oregon to go in there and, and get a win, huge, huge for them. And let's actually let's just talk about that real quick. Oregon and Utah. Got a lot of love by the national media. They were all over. Both of them were all over game day. Do you guys
0: think Pac-12s in prime position for a playoff spot? The the way it's looking right now, it uh, it really could not set up better for the conference. You've got two teams, one from each division, that are on a, a collision course for the Pac-12 title. Um, where it, at the moment it could come down to assuming both Oregon and Utah win out, the winner of that game. Um, goes to the playoffs. So huge implications. And that's what the Pac-12 needs. They need to be talked about. They need some positive momentum, some positive things to happen. And to not only have one team in the discussion, but to have two teams is really big. Because if this is just a one-horse race, you sh- you're really not getting that much pub for the conference if only one team is is showing that ability to get there. So the fact that you got Utah and Oregon right now, two headed monster, and everybody else is, you know, a little ways back, it's 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 best case scenario for the Pac twelve. And I'll tell you what, we better get some good treatment coming down the stretch here.
1: Well, and then you look at the SEC's coming to a point in their season where they're gonna start beating up on each other. I mean, LSU and Alabama play this weekend. One of them's going
2: down. It's crazy because two weeks ago I honestly thought that the playoff picture for the Pac-12 was non-existent. It, it's crazy how much can change in college football. And I, and I don't know if it's a guarantee that Oregon or Utah, whoever wins the Pac-12 championship game, assuming it's those two teams, is automatically going to the playoff. I, I don't know if I can say that. Well, but, no, but, but it's it, it's awesome. It's great that they're getting the conversation right now.
0: Well, it, it, it's still too early to say because you got to see what happens uh, across the board with a number of other teams. But it looks good, assuming both teams can continue to win out. And if that's the case, the loser of that game, potentially, is still going to the Rose Bowl. Which is a pretty amazing consolation prize. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I will say Larry Scott
2: came out and said he will start lobbying for the Pac-12 in the playoffs. So oh, that's, I'm, that's big how of big him. of him. I, I'm glad he's to a, he's doing his job more than halfway through the season. Welcome to college football season, Mr. Scott. Uh, the other games we uh, were looking at: Oregon State really thumps Arizona, fifty-six to thirty-eight. Again, Oregon State, a, a team that offensively is is a decent team that Utah
0: really handled
2: very well, and. Utah should get a lot of credit for what they did to Oregon State a few weeks ago.
0: Oh yeah, I mean they're 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 putting up points at a at a high high level, like elite level in the conference at the moment. They don't have again they don't have much defensively, but uh, but they have figured some things out offensively. And I you know I I think their coach is gonna I think he's gonna turn them around and get them get them competing uh, back in the north. Uh, for that division, but uh, they definitely know how to score points. And I, uh,
2: Oregon State, four four in the year, knocking on the door to get in a bowl game, which would be huge for that program. And the last game, Colorado gets blown out by UCLA 31 to 14. Again, UCLA's offense has really come together. Chip Kelly has is, is got it humming. UCLA can
0: still win out and win the South. No, they can. It's possible. But look at their wins. They've got four four wins on the season. And all four have come in the conference against a pretty, I would say, below average Stanford team, a crap Colorado team um a below ASU team which you know we wouldn't have thought that a few weeks ago but ASU has not been looking all that well ever since we we took them down two losses in a row they're struggling and then they beat Washington State which who hasn't beat Washington <laughs> State so if you look at those four wins yes are they scoring points but they're giving up a ton of points and they really haven't been anyone significant at this point so I'm 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 not that concerned with them now. They have a ton of athletes. So if they get some momentum going, anything can happen. But uh you know, with 2 weeks to prepare, I I I still think we win by a couple scores in that.
2: And so you list those the wins probably their best one would be ASU. And honestly, I'll go to back to what John Wilmore had a couple weeks ago. Teams that play Utah the week following have a terrible record, so yes, UCLA beat ASU, but that came right after they played Utah. All
0: right, so who plays Washington next week? Oregon State. Oh, okay, well, yeah, that'll be that'll be a good test actually to see uh, see if Washington bounces back or if Oregon State hammers them. So, a recap of the standings
2: right now: uh, Oregon's leaving leading the North at six and zero. Oregon State right behind them 3 and 2 and then you have Stanford 3 and 3, Washington 2 and 4 after losing to woof, Utah. Woof woof. Crazy. Uh Cal and Washington State at 1 and 4. Then down in the south. You have... Hey, you I have,
0: will say before we head to the south, I, I do want to, you know, just give a shout out to all those local recruits who went up to Washington. Uh, I hope they're enjoying their time up there. And
2: then as you look at the south. Uh the Utes have sole possession of the south now. Five and one USC, UCLA tied at four and two. And then you have ASU two and three, Arizona two and four. And then the Buffalo of Colorado
0: at the bottom at one and five. Is Colorado ever going to become good? They've They'd, had one good year since they've joined the back 12. The season fluke.
1: started out so promising. Well, it looked promising because they beat Nebraska. They but Nebraska's
0: that hasn't turned out to be anything. They've got any. a senior quarterback. Who's, this would be his third year starting.
1: And he's a pretty decent quarterback.
0: It's unbelievable. Mel Kiper Jr., their coach, He's uh, he's a piece of work. <laughs> I'm still mad at him for blowing that USC game. Learn how to coach.
2: All right, as we get into this week's games, Scott, it's your week to pick the winners first. So the first game we're looking at... Oh, great, (laughs) I just give you guys a blueprint. (laughs) The first game we're looking at, Washington's traveling to Corvallis, as we said, to play the Beavers. Washington right now is a 10-point
0: favorite. Scott, what do you got? Ooh, Oregon State, man, they're kind of coming on, but... uh it'll be interesting to see does, does Washington fold at this point with their season pretty much not much to accomplish outside of just becoming bowl eligible um and uh, and does uh, the theory that uh, the week after you play Utah you suck does that come true so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out I'm still gonna go with Dub on this one I think uh I think they got too much pride to kick to, to kick it in so I I'm gonna go with them
2: Right.
1: I'm going to take a flyer. I think Ooh. the the Utah effect kicks in and Oregon state knows how to put points on the board and I'm going to go with Oregon state.
2: Oregon state definitely knows how to put points on the board, but they definitely don't know how to keep teams from putting points on the board and I don't know if they have the horses to hang with Washington. 10 points is is a big spread. I don't know if Washington's going to beat them by that much. I think it's, you know, 7 or 3 points but I'm going to go with the Huskies on that one. The next game, Stanford's traveling to Boulder. Uh, The trees are favored by three right now. Scott, what
0: do you got? If this game were a movie, you'd find it in Redbox. It's going to be garbage. Stanford versus Colorado. Two fan bases that don't even know they have football teams. And both are garbage. I don't even really care. I guess I'll go with Stanford.
2: (laughs) Ryan, who do you
0: have? (laughs) <laughs> i'm
1: really surprised that stanford's only a three-point favorite because colorado is awful um but i i too gonna go with stanford on this one
2: colorado is my new garbage team was what they did to usc they've taken that trophy away from ucla so because of that the trees will get the win in boulder the next thing we're looking at the trojans are going down to play the sun devils ASU's a two-point
0: favorite right now scott who do you got Man, this is gonna this is an interesting game. Um, two of the dirtiest teams in the co- in the in the conference. You're gonna probably wanna watch this while you're in the shower, um, while listening to Ghost, <laughs> <laughs> while molding clay. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Ooh, I feel I feel dirty. I feel like I'm going against my principles here. I'm gonna go with ASU. Just. Because we we want to give USC as many losses as we can, and I kind of want to see what happens with Urban Meyer and uh, with Clay Helton. So let's get this ball on the road. Let's you know crapper get off the pot, as they say. AD president, actually they don't have an AD at they don't the moment have an AD quite so, yet. So it's just they just have a school president who you know checks out the referees <laughs> on the sidelines. So we'll see what decision she makes, but. Long story short, I'm going with ASU. ASU. <laughs> right, who do you have? Now that we're out of time...
2: <laughs> well, we're still in the shower, so it's okay. <laughs> you know, I... Could I, you could you loof <laughs> on my back?
1: <coughs> uh, uh. Oh, dear. Oh, <laughs> my Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right SC and ASU SC's on the road They don't play well on the road They're coming off a huge letdown loss ASU's had a week to prepare I'm going with The Forks
2: I honestly think this is going to be a really good game I don't want to do this Oh Cam Fight on I think the Trojans got it Go get in the shower (laughs) And the last game we're looking at, Washington State's traveling to Berkeley to play the Cal Golden Bears. Washington State's a seven-and-a-half
0: point favorite as we're recording this. Scott, who do you got? This should be pretty easy. This, uh, I think I think Washington State wins this by a country mile. Cal can't score points. That's all Washington State does. So I think, I think this will be easy Washington State. Yeah, agreed. Washington State runs away with it.
2: I got the cookers in that one as well. So that will do it for this episode. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. Drum, the letter
1: N,
0: Feather. And Scott? When I'm not in the shower, you can find me at UteMan underscore forever. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram
2: at utahmanpodcast. You can always go to our home, utahmanpodcast.com. And please subscribe, like, rate, review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you listen to a podcast, we are there. Hopefully Utah gets as healthy as possible in this bye week as they make a run for the Pac-12 South. And go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes. We'll
0: be telling that kayak. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.